You're listening to the Maritime Gardening Podcast, episode 18. All right, thanks for tuning in to episode 18 of the Maritime Gardening Podcast. And uh, once again, I'm connected up with our host, Greg. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Hello. Excellent, excellent. Um, so we are going to be talking about pests in the garden today. So what kind of pests are we going to be talking about? Uh, well, all, you know, <laughs> maybe not all, all potential <laughs> pests, but right. the typical ones that you get. A, a listener had uh, written and mentioned that uh they're having a particularly bad year. This was a listener in Alberta, and I thought it'd be good to do a show on this um, because uh, you know I have problems with pests too. I, I you know I do. A, I'm a voracious reader on anything I'm interested in. As you might have yeah. guessed, Dave, yeah. I'm interested in gardening, and uh, everything I read sort of says, "Well, just do this. Everything will be great. Mm-hmm. Just do that. Everything will be great." And you know I've had years where I had beautiful garden with almost no pest problems and I've also had years where I was just inundated with pests and even this year I've got certain plants for some reason my um, my kales and uh, my kohlrabi are just being destroyed I'll put some pictures up mm. uh, actually I think the picture for this episode is going to be just just destroyed plants <laughs> an uh, easy picture to take <laughs> okay, it's frustrating because you know when you're when you're reading about this stuff and listening to people talk about it, it sounds like no one has any problems right right and I don't really think that's representative I mean I've been doing this for a while and I'm, I'm I think I'm pretty good at it yeah. but it happens right oh yeah and there's there's solutions to the pests but they're all a drag mm-hmm. like all of the solutions to pests have some something about them where I, th- I think to myself ah can it I'll just leave it. Yeah. <laughs> like even my, my kale, my really big uh, kale, the uh, red Russian kale, I mean, it, it's got some bite marks in it and it, it's, it's been attacked, but it's so big and it's so strong and it's so healthy. I, mean, I just eat it like that. So what? You know, bugs, the bugs get a bite, I get the rest. Yeah. Um, I don't really worry about that. I've even heard that in certain parts of the world, um, produce that has a few bug bites in it is actually valued higher because it's proof that it's not been treated with pesticides. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's totally opposite to the way we work here where it's like, that's got one tiny imperfection, throw it away, feed it to the cattle. Mm. That's pig food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I guess that's what I had for supper. I had kale for supper today. Um, I had a stir fry and it was, you know, I had lots of bug, bug holes in it. Mm. You can't tell. That's fine. No, there's no bugs. <laughs> I just I cut it. I cut it all up anyway. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and then I chewed it up. So I mean, right. it's fine. I don't worry. You know. Anyway, we'll talk about that today. Um, and the first thing I want to talk about, which is related to what the listener had, had said, was that you know they had a particularly abnormal year. Uh, what did she say? Record rainfalls in the month of July. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed to have brought on, brought on a lot of unwanted bugs. And I would say the same thing. You know, my first couple of years on this property, 
and maybe it's different for, you know, I never had any of these problems when I was in a suburban type situation. I just don't think pests move through the way they do when you're on the edge of fields or forests or things like that. Right. Just, I think there's just more, more living things yeah. when you're out yeah. in the wilderness like this. Yeah. I've never had pests like I've had here. But my first few years here, I didn't have real problems. I mean, my main problem was animals. Mm -hmm. I had to learn to deal with that. But I didn't really have really bad slug, snail, you know, aphid, cabbage maggots, flea beetles, caterpillars, and all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Really didn't have those as problems. But now I do. I have all of those things. When I think back, my first really bad year was the spring following that unbelievably bad winter that we had. Right. The winter where we had, like, you know, 10 feet of snow. Yeah, eight-foot snowbanks <laughs> in May. I remember going, you like to fish, I remember yeah. going to the, the lake behind my house, which is about a kilometer back. Mm. And, you know, you're not allowed ice fishing in Nova Scotia, and, except on specific lakes. Right. But because it was April 1st... You're allowed to fish. Technically, we're not ice fishing, even right. though we were. Yeah. So me and my uh, neighbor and my son, we hiked out there with my ice auger, and we knew the lake was frozen because I'd been there the week before and, you know, I'd, everything was frozen even though it was April 1st. Mm-hmm. The ice was four feet thick on that lake. <laughs> four feet. A- April 1st. Yeah, I believe it. Feet thick, man. I mean, it wasn't like solid. It was sort of like snow ice. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I mean, there was ice there, but it was also this sort of snow ice. Yeah. But still, I mean, the, the hole was four feet. I, I reached down. I... I could that not is reach a lo- the water with my hand, wow. and I got a long arm. Yeah. You know, that was a particularly bad winter. Yeah. And that spring, uh, I mean, you couldn't plant usual times. Everything right. was put back a month or so. But I had never seen so many slugs in my garden. In my, and everything seemed to just descend on my garden, and things were disappearing. It was just, it was the worst garden I ever had in my life. I wow. never had it. It was very really demoralizing. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't quite figure it out. And, uh, but I mean, the, the ecosystem had been imbalanced. Right. And one thing that I noticed was that I didn't see any, the previous year, I was always getting the, the bejesus scared out of me because I'd walk out to my garden and be huge garter snakes all over the place. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, like two and a half foot long things. Yeah. And you know, my whole garden is the, 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 the pathways in between the beds, it's all wood chips, right? Right. So they camouflage really well. <laughs> yeah. And they like laying on it because it's dry and it's warm and in the sun. Yeah. And they feel relatively safe, I guess, in there. So you almost step on these things and then you just take off and, oh, my God, <laughs> just about giving me a heart attack. Um, but the year we had that bad winter, that spring, I don't think I saw one snake. And I haven't seen a snake in my garden since. Yeah. And I mean, garter snakes are like the bouncers of the garden, right? Yeah. Garter snakes and toads and frogs, they're like wonderful beneficials. They they wipe, they eat slugs and snails and they, they eat a lot of bad stuff. I mean, they, they eat anything they can get, catch up with. But, you know, slugs are pretty slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. Easy, easy pickings, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think part of it was just... Any any year where you've got a particularly, you know, something very out of the ordinary happens, it throws the system into an imbalance and mm-hmm. changes the time. Another weird thing that happened that year 
was that there was no dragonflies until September. Oh, yeah. But then if you went out in my garden in September, it looked like the day of the dragonflies. <laughs> Some sort of bad Stephen King movie. They were everywhere. Oh, my God. It was like you'd be run out of there with your hair, like trying to put a hat on your head. Oh, yeah. Dragonflies everywhere. The little blue ones or like all different sizes? Oh, those huge like helicopter ones. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> huge, like the size of your hand, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but they hadn't shown up and they just all showed up in one big go. Yeah. And uh, so I think a lot of the things that regulate and kill the, the, the nasty things just weren't around right. or everything right. was timed differently. So I think normally there's a balance and there's, there's some bad things and some good things and mm-hmm. you know some things get attacked and some things don't and everything sort of holds itself in check where yeah. that year it was in balance. And because all those bad things got a toehold in my garden, they dropped eggs and stuff like that and I've got them again this year. Mm. Now, this year I've been much more aggressive in, in methods to deal with them, but they're still around. And, you know, I'll have to try something new again this year. Right. So, I mean, the kinds of things I have, I've got, I've got aphids, I've got slugs, I've got snails. Slugs and snails are my biggest problem, I would mm. say. I mean, i got snails eating my potato greens. Oh, yeah. I've never seen that before. <laughs> they're eating, and even last year I had slugs eating my potatoes under the ground, these yeah. black slugs. I've never seen a black slug in my life. Huh. Now, part of what I, one thing I also did that year was I, I took all kinds of bags of leaves from different people all around town yeah. and dumped them on my garden. So I was bringing uh, in sort of like um, invasive. Invasives. You know, yeah, I had like non-native yeah. slugs and things. So I screwed, again, I, I introduced an imbalance into my system here. Yeah. And so it's going to take a while for... Um, Things that enough things to move in to hold those that like to eat those things, yeah, hold that all in check, yeah. And but I mean, in the meantime, everything you plant's disappearing. What do you do, yeah. right? Yeah, so I'll talk about some of the things you can do. Um, one thing they suggested at, at, that I've read and I've tried this is. You put a row cover over. So you buy this material. You can get it at a garden center. You can get stuff at uh, the dollar store, but it disintegrates. Yeah. It looks the same, yeah. but just, you know, it's it not. just it's disintegrating and you've got this white stuff all over the place. It's blowing yeah. around like toilet paper in your garden. <laughs> it's not very appealing. Um, so don't do that. Yeah. It's some sort of poly, yeah. something, something, F, you know, whatever. Um, some synthetic stuff. Anyway, you put that over the, it's this white and see-through, very fine see-through mesh, kind of like a coffee filter, uh, but it's, it's a sheet. And you just put that over the whole area right off the bat before, you know, like you put the seeds in the ground and put that over mm-hmm. and the rain will get through it and the light will get through it, but all the little things won't get in. Yeah. But the <laughs> thing is, you know, you got to, Every time you want to get in there to like weed or just just thin the plants out or just just prune or whatever, you got to take it off. Oh, but yeah. when you when you leave, you have to secure it so that it doesn't blow away. Yeah. Right. I mean, I had one of these things blow off a garden and break a branch off the one of my apple trees, 
And not just any apple tree, the apple tree I'd run over with a lawnmower the year before. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> broke it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just grown four feet and it broke two feet and half again. Nice. Uh, <laughs> that uh, that uh, apple tree just doesn't have a chance. No. Um, it's grown back again this year, so uh, we'll see how it goes with that. So, uh, you know, that method does work, but it's, it's very inconvenient. Mm. Another method is doing things like spraying, uh, you know, taking up garlic and, and mashing that up with water and spraying it all over your plants. Mm. And that'll, that'll work, but you've got to keep applying it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't kill any of your pests. It's just like the pest sort of comes along and says, I don't like that. Um, so, I mean, it can work, but all it does is deter the insect. I mean, if, if you ever plant garlic in your garden and I planted a lot of garlic if you go on Facebook you'll see some pictures of all the I got like 20 heads of garlic that I harvested just the other day mm-hmm. and uh, boy they're just the best crop of garlic I've ever had mm-hmm. some of them are oh man almost four inches wide just huge wow. fat garlic so happy with them nice. um, I still got a few left in the garden uh, I'll have to do a thing next year because I, 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 I'm not sure how many of uh, listeners planted garlic um but i mean you planted in october so okay maybe we'll do one of the fall i gotta fall yeah. we're gonna do an episode on things to do in the fall mm-hmm. so i'll mention garlic but then yeah. next season i'll talk about uh next summer i'll talk about when to when to pull it and all that sort of stuff because nice. you can wait too long uh, yeah. uh there's a time to do it and a time where it's a, getting a little bit late to do it right um, like right now, and right now is like you got to pull them out a bit, let them dry off a bit. And anyway, uh, besides the point. Okay. So garlic spray can work just because most pests don't like the taste of garlic, but the pests are still around. They're just going to keep wandering around until it gets washed off, <laughs> right? Yeah, or they and find something else. You live in, uh, you know, this is a Zone Five show, but I, I'm in the Maritimes, and everything gets like a mist every night. Yeah. So it's going to get washed off over and over, and so you have to go out there and, you know, I got a fairly large area out there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of tedious. Twenty five hundred square feet. Yeah. Um, it's a little tedious to be going out there with a spray bottle, spraying all that stuff. Right. It's garlic. So I mean, yes, it works, and if you have a small garden, go for it. Have at it. Um, now another option is old pesticide. Right. I mean, if you go to a garden center and you say, "I got, I got slugs and I got flea beetles and I got caterpillars um, and cabbage maggots," and they're like, "Here, take this white powder stuff mm. and put it on there, and uh, don't let your kids anywhere near your garden." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Put your hazmat suit on. Yeah, and the bottle's got like all these things on it that says like, "Do not touch. Uh, wear gloves. Wear a hat. You know, all that sort of stuff." Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've got reservations, of not, not, besides the fact that I have kids, um, although, you know, when I was a kid, none of that stopped any of our parents, no. just like, get that, you know, yeah. <laughs> help me spray this stuff on, boy. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> get out there, boy. Light my cigarette for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, my, my father didn't smoke, but anyway. Um, <laughs> he just liked you lighting his cigarettes anyway, just for fun. But he did pretend he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I remember my dad dusting everything, right? Right. And he had these great gardens because, you know, it killed all that stuff, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, the problem with that is that it's, it's indiscriminate. It's going to kill everything, right? right? So right. it could kill beneficials. It could kill things that are, you know, improving your soil. 
And it's got to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Where does it go? Into your just, plants. Just go away? Yeah, I don't you think know, it's so. It's going to go down into your soil. Um, so, I mean, that can be problematic. I'm, I'm not going to judge anybody. I mean, if you're faced with losing your garden for a season, mm. I mean, you know, like I'm trying to, in my mind, I'm like, well, this will all balance out eventually. Right. But I want to have something to show for this season. So what I came up with this season, and people are going to be surprised I'm saying this because I'm doing this whole organic permaculture type thing, but, uh, you know, it's at least when the, pl- I don't use anything right now, um, cause the plants are mature, but when the plants were really young and very vulnerable, I mean, I could have a row of, of kale come up, it's two inches high. And then within about three days, I just watch it disappear. Mm. And it's not, when they're that young, they're not going to come back. The, right. the, the caudal leaves come up and as a, you know, the first leaves come up, and they they have to supply energy to the plant. And if something's eating them, it's like, you know, it's like starving a baby, right? Yeah. The plant just can't take can't take it. It's too fragile. Right. So you lose them all. So I found this stuff in my shed. I bought this stuff, God, probably ten years ago. I had, I mean, I've I've had one bottle of this stuff back for, when it was legal. Over 10, no, this is totally legal. They even use it in organic gardening. It's called rhodonone. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I've uh, heard of that. I mean, there's conjecture about it, but it's a it's a naturally occurring powder that's made from various sources. Very, I think they're legume plants. It's taken from the roots. Right. Uh, it's a naturally occurring thing. I guess you know, certain rainforests, they use it. They, they make a powder out of it, and they put it in the water, and they use it to kill fish. Mm. It's a way of fishing. Oh, I have heard of that. Yes. They'll go like they'll they'll pick a pool and they'll go sort of upstream a bit, and all this white milky stuff goes into the pool, and the next thing you know, there's like fifty fish, dead fish. Fish floating. Yeah. <laughs> you just go along with little nets and pick them all up and have yeah. a feast. <laughs> Think of that when you're fly fishing. And yeah, yeah. For like you know, half an hour to catch like one trout. <laughs> hey, now we're not telling people to do that. <laughs> no. Well, you can't find that root here anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess you could dump a bottle of rhodonone. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't recommend because it would kill everything. Yeah, no, not a good Uh, move. um, Anyway, I mean, rhodonone is, as far as I understand, can be used in organic gardens because it breaks down very quickly. Even in the sun, it breaks down. Okay. Um, So within within days, it's it breaks down, and you know, if you add moisture to the equation, it breaks down. It just just destabilizes and turns into other things that are, um, you know, less toxic, more benign, etc. Yeah. So I don't use it the whole season, but in the early part of the season when I'm having, if I'm having problems, if I'm not having problems, I don't use it. But if I start losing whole rows of stuff, yeah. and I can tell because of the way the, the predation looks, it's you know you can tell if it's a cutworm, you can tell if it's a slug, just by the way it's being eaten. Yeah. And another trick is you know if you think you've got slugs or snails, go out in your garden at like 5 a.m. when it's all dewy and dark because that's when they like to come out because it's safe. Yeah. Um, and you'll see what's yeah. eating your garden because it'll yeah. be right there. Yeah. Uh, or if you know if you think you've got rabbits or something, get one of those trail cams and set that thing up. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell. I mean, there's a little rabbit poop somewhere. That's you know, that's one difficult thing is if you think you've got insects, but it's actually an animal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That's that can be a problem. Um, but I ended up I turned to rhodonone. Uh, 
I think it's worth telling people that there was no like magical solution for me. I tried the garlic. I tried a whole bunch of things. I had, you know, all kinds of different concoctions and things that I made, yeah. uh, with limited success, um, really. And that's the other thing for slugs and snails. They say um, put diatomaceous earth around your plant, and diatomaceous earth is you know the it's uh, well you you get it by by having any sort of diatom and grinding it up, the simplest thing that your sort of backyard gardener would do would you take eggshells. Right, and, right. You know, so what I did, I, I just broke up eggshells and put them around plants. I go out there at 5 a.m. and me slugs all over the place. So I just said, well, I'm not doing a good enough job. So I took the eggshells and say we eat a lot of eggs in our house, at least, at least a dozen a week. And I take them and smash them all up and put them in the uh, – uh, a coffee grinder to make like a fine powder, just like the stuff you buy, and it makes a f really good diatomaceous earth type uh, powder. I put that all around. I, I mean, I carpeted uh, some plants that I knew were getting attacked. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I did another thing they say online to do, which is you put uh, rings of bare copper around the plant. Apparently, if a slug touches copper, it gets this electrical impulse and really? doesn't like it and goes away. Hmm. So I did all that, and I went up the next morning. There was three slugs on the plant. They had to cross the diatomaceous earth, which would be like you crawling across broken glass naked. <laughs> you know, and walking on your tongue. Yeah, and getting electrocuted. basically walk on like a, you know, the bottom of a slug is, the closest thing to that is like your tongue. Yeah, yeah. It's a soft, you know, yeah. uh, mucusy type surface. Thing. yeah. So they went through all of that. Um, mm. <laughs> So that was when I said, where's that bottle of that Ronin? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dug that Bring out the toxin. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I broke off on this, you know, uh, yeah, I just put that on there yeah. and uh, everything was left alone. Because what happens is the, the animal tries to eat the plant and it dies. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> that that will be the end game. Or sorry, the insect. The insect yeah, the insect. Eat the plant. The insect. If a rabbit tried to eat a rodent, it would it would get sick. It wouldn't it wouldn't die. It would just be like it would taste like poison to it, and it would it wouldn't eat that anymore. It would just wouldn't be enough to kill it. It would just make it just like you or me. It would make it sick. You'd hear it out there puking, <laughs> retching. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Oh, I got a funny story about that. Till later, but. uh I heard something the other night that was just <laughs> I might as well tell it now. I was lying in bed and I had my window open and I just heard this screaming and yelling and I knew it was the sound that porcupines make when they're Oh yeah. Distressed or mating yeah. or whatever. Uh, just unbelievable. sound like some sort of banshee or something. I don't know what on earth it was. And I was out there the next day trying to figure out because it was coming from my garden. And my first thought was to like, you know, suit up and go deal with this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the middle of the night. Get and the baseball bat. I didn't want to, you know, fall down or mm -hmm. whatever. It's just it was too late and, you know, the the kids in the house and, yeah. and all that stuff. It just And I didn't even – it could have been anywhere. Yeah. Right? I mean, sounds travel in a forest. It didn't, wasn't necessarily in my garden. It could have been anywhere. Nonetheless, Greg sat up eyes wide open. Absolutely. <laughs> Not only that, I went out on the deck. I was like staring off into the mist <laughs> trying to figure out where it was coming from. Anyway, the next day I went and uh, my whole garden is surrounded by a heavy wire fence. But there's a door 
at one end and a door in the other. You know, because fire yeah. codes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just an access thing. So yeah, yeah. there's a door sort of in the back. It's it's a very small mm-hmm. and it's 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 not the same heavy wire mesh, it's this cheap chicken wire. Just something I slapped up. And I was I was trying to I went out that back door. I haven't used that for ages, because uh, I wanted to get some stuff that was off in the woods. And when I opened that door, there was porcupine quills everywhere. Hmm. And big holes in the chicken wire. Really? So I think a porcupine tried to get through and got stuck. Ah. And either that or something was trying to kill it and it <laughs> got stuck trying to get away. You know, I, I don't know. But there was porcupine. It looked like someone, you know, the thing had been in a fight. But I think what happened, cause, just because of the way the door looked, is that it tried to get through. Yeah. got stuck in there and yeah. got distressed. Or it took one look at your Grim Reaper Scarecrow and decided it was time to go. <laughs> It almost died of fright. <laughs> I got to give that thing a glow in the dark head or something. We should take a picture close up of that for Halloween, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be a good. It's one. got a goatee, so it look extra nice. Sick. I should give it uh, an evil mustache. Or it's got angry, angry eyebrows as well. We don't get sidetracked. Never. We, we don't. Never. Um, what anyway, are we talking pack, about? Yeah. Pack to pests. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was a pretty big segue. It's like way to nowhere. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I turned to Rotenone and it worked. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to poo-poo anyone for doing that. Uh, the way I sort of negotiated it with myself was that once the plant was big and strong, I just, just let it go. But my kale, I tried that with my kale. My kale, or not my kale, my, uh, my uh, kohlrabi, which I love the greens, um, I let that go. It was doing great, and then I got busy, and I didn't look at it for about four days, and I looked at it the other day, and it's, oh, I, I could have a funeral for it. It just, oh, no. I didn't even get to eat it. Yeah, yeah. It's just destroyed. Yeah. Hey, I'll take a picture of that. Yeah, yeah, take a picture of that. Looks yeah. like someone took a shotgun to it and emptied the thing. <laughs> it's just wrecked. Uh, looks terrible. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was beautiful like a week ago. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you'd have big lush green leaves, and now it's nice. just wrecked. No idea what did it, or you do know what did I'm it. I'm sure it's uh, these uh, cabbage maggots. Cabbage they like maggots. that whole thing. Well, because I, I was looking at it, and I could I see the auto cabbage maggot. I'm pretty sure this is the the species. It's a kind of it looks like a small green caterpillar, mm-hmm. and it leaves this um, uh, unless it's some other kind of caterpillar. Uh, it's a green caterpillar that looks ex- its exact same color as the stem of the, and that's where it likes to hang. Ah. So you really can't see them. Uh, now, great blast of rhodonome would clear that right. Yeah, up. yeah. Um, I think they suffocate. It makes it messes up the way they breathe. Yeah. They die. Lovely. <laughs> but I mean, all those maggots will turn into moths, and the well, moths, there you go. And I saw like white moths flying around my plants. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> it's uh, over. But, well, I remember thinking I should I should dust them all yeah. tonight, but yeah. I didn't because like oh you know it'll all work out nature and all <laughs> <laughs> and they're all destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> uh, but I mean I've I've seen those things in my garden before and they haven't been a big deal. So I think it's really just this the system is is out of balance. Yeah. Um, now, so that that's sort of like the. Uh, omnibus solution is not very creative 
Um, another thing you can do is um, I like to have a, a no-till garden, but if I'm concerned that I've got eggs in at the base of my plants, you know those those an, those insects will lay eggs right near the roots of your plants. Mm-hmm. So you got to pull the roots out and don't put them in your compost bin. Just put them in the green bin or fire them in the woods or just get them out of there. Yeah. But another thing you can do um, is in like November when it's very cold. Uh, turn your garden over. You know the eggs are in the ground because they need to be warm. Right. So just expose them to the air. Hopefully it's it's warm enough. Do it on a sunny day, so that if there's any worms being turned up, it's warm enough for them to get back down to safety. Right. But I mean eggs can't go anywhere. No. Um. So you know that's that's one thing you can do. Yeah. Uh. Another thing you can do to deal with pests is do the companion gardening. That tends to work well. So the garden that's getting hit the hardest, it does not have any. Um, so a good number of my beds have um, <coughs> had, because I pulled most of my garlic, but they all had garlic. They had uh, rows of garlic I, I was thinking either that. end and in the middle. Yeah. And um, it seemed like those weren't getting hit nearly as bad as the gardens without that. Mm. I'm saving a lot of my garlic to plant even more of it this year, so everything's companion planted with that garlic. Right. Um, also, generally speaking, I found pests didn't seem to like dill, okay. so I'm going to try to put more dill in with my plants because hmm. uh, the idea is the pest shows up and you know comes across the first thing it sees, doesn't like it, goes somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, just confuses them. So that sort of companion planting with things that you know pests just hate. Yeah. Um, and slugs will not eat. Um, uh, I've seen slugs on my garlic greens, but I've never seen them disappear. Never. Mm-hmm. They might take. They'll take a bite and say, "What on earth is that?" Yeah, yeah. Um, even if you you take a bite of garlic, it's pretty. You give it. Take your kid out in the garden and say, "Hey, try this. <laughs> <laughs> a piece of a garlic green." Uh, yeah. They don't like it. They don't know that it's. You know, it tastes really good with pasta. Yeah, yeah. They just think it tastes like some sort of poisonous thing. Yeah. Um, so that sort of companion planting can work, cool. um, and that's another another option. Yeah. But that's my main point today: is that you know don't feel uh, bad if your garden's being inundated, destroyed by pests, because uh, it happens to people. If if you if you know anything about farmers that have farms, um, they'll say, "Oh, that was a bad year. There was." grasshoppers that year and they took the whole thing out right things just happen in nature i mean there's there's peaks and valleys with all natural populations the the rabbit population goes up goes down you know like there's different insects that there's a lot of them one year and they crash the next year so i mean you can just have a bad year Mm. but it's, it's good to write down you know make notes of what happened and when it happened yeah figure it out and be proactive when you see stuff happening. So when I saw those white moths, I mean, I knew, you know, I said, that's not a butterfly getting nectar. That is a moth. It's probably one of those, you know, the moth that lays cabbage, cabbage maggots. Yeah. I got a lot of, you know, all that stuff, kale and kohlrabi, they're, they're all cabbage. They're all related to the mustard, yeah. all that mustard family. And, and the, that, those caterpillars, they like the whole thing. Okay. Um, they don't care. They like that whole family of, of plants. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure there's some they like more than others. Right. Um, but they, they really like uh, kohlrabi greens more than kale. 
Mm. I can tell that because you just look at my kohlrabi greens. <laughs> They're mm. decimated. There's there's a row of kale about two rows over, and it's nowhere near as bad. Oh, yeah. Um, so it must be their favorite thing is kohlrabi. Mm. Well, when I lived in um, the valley, um, I never had any of these problems with my kohlrabi. None. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> Take that, but I was in a suburb and I was yeah. in a different place. Right. It was, you know, a sort of warmer, drier place, mm. a much hotter sort of summer. So who knows? Who knows? I know I don't know exactly why it's a problem here and it wasn't yeah. a problem there, but uh, well, I'm, maybe uh, if listeners are dealing with pests from various regions in the Maritimes, they can uh, they can reach out, post comments, or send us pictures. Yeah, and if you've got some other I've also heard this stuff called neem, which is a it's a it's a, a kind of a, a nut or a fruit that grows on a tree in India, mm. and it stops everything and it's completely green. Wow! Like it's it's just a a nut, like a it's a seed that grows on a tree, and they can um, you know they can make a powder out of it, they can make an oil out of it. They used to just I think traditionally they'd put those seeds in with other things. Like if they were storing grain, they put neem seeds in with the grain, and it would keep things out of there. Really? Um, and you can use it on your skin. It's it's like the greatest product in the world. Sounds like it. We better look into that. But I'm not. I'm you know I'm a cheapskate, and yeah. it's uh, not inexpensive to oh, get a hold okay. of. I see. Um, yeah, certainly not as. Yeah. Um, yeah. But not, maybe it's a safer option. It's totally. I mean, it it doesn't bother people at all. Hmm. You know. Doesn't bother people in the slightest. Cool. As far as as far as I understand, it's like we we just have no problem with it. Cool. Well, puts a link to that in the show notes for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, if anyone knows of a good source of neem oil or some sort of neem pesticide, I would love to know where to get a hold of that. Yeah. Um, of course, an inexpensive one. Sounds like something <laughs> we should be producing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, that would be a good solution yeah, yeah. to a, a big problem. Because uh, you know, rhodonone's supposed to be you know, but you know, if you read up on it, it's you know, you couldn't take a tablespoon of rhodonone and put it in your tea. <laughs> you would be very sick. That would not be good. So that kind of tells you something right there. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So it's not so, like yeah, yeah, it's rhodonone's like a. Uh, last ditch. Yeah, worst case scenario. Hail Mary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, any other important points about pests? Uh, no, I think that's all I all I got to uh, cover right. today. Right on. Cool. So, in a recent episode, uh, slightly unrelated, in a recent episode, we, I think we only promoted this on a little bit on Facebook and, uh, but. You know, so we got this idea of if any of the listeners out there want to help spread the word about the show, whether it be uh, through Facebook sharing or, you know, uh, forwarding the emails that we send out or something, uh, we want to try and reward that uh, because, you know, that, that's a big help for the show. Even if we get an extra, you know, 10, 20, 30 listeners. Um, so if you can do that, uh, what is it we're willing to do, Greg? Well, I'm saving a whole bunch of different seeds in the garden uh, for next year. But as uh, as anyone that saves seeds regularly will tell you, you always get way more seeds than you need. So right. I've got lots of leftover seeds. So I'll I'll send a package of seeds to the 
best sharer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll figure Maybe out. Maybe top, who, we can do top three. We'll do, you know, it seems yeah. awful just to give it to one person. Right, 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 exactly. Top yeah. three sharers get um, a selection of um, seeds that I've saved. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. And so yeah. I'm out in the garden next year. Yeah, cool. So the saving seeds episodes were 14 and 15. Um, so if you want to learn more about saving seeds, you can go to maritimegardening.com slash 013 or 014 or just go to maritimegardening.com and you can find those episodes on there. Um, cool. So yeah, this was episode 18. You want to find the show notes, just go to maritimegardening.com slash 018 and uh, you'll see some of Greg's worst gardening pictures on there. <laughs> So exactly. that's, that is something to see. So <laughs> exactly, it uh, happens to yeah, happens so that to happens all, everybody. All yeah, I'm, yeah. Sure I'm not the best gardener in the world, but it, well, I can't say it happens to the best of us. But because I'm not the best, <laughs> well, uh, it happens to even season. It happens. Yeah, for sure. You know, so if you're just letting things happen, if you're letting nature take its course, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Unless you're on top of it, really, yeah. really. Yeah, if I dusted, you know. Yeah, if I was, you know, much more militant about that, mm. um, it would, you know, certainly uh, have, have prevented it. I'm, yeah. I'm almost dead certain it would have prevented it. Greg's going to put a crop duster on his Christmas list. <laughs> a drone. Remote control crop duster. A drone duster. Nice. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm an entrepreneur, but I got to stop. Um, cool. So... <laughs> Exactly. So, so uh, that would be expensive patenting. That but, would so. be, yeah. We'll fly it around. It'll be the maritimegardening.com drone duster. Big banner behind it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm getting excited. It's not good. Not good. My, my wife will not be excited. <laughs> Look what I got today. Look what I spent our mortgage on. Look what I did. Yeah, here it is. Um, I did it for you. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna happen that will that will have a worst a worse outcome than uh using or than than your plants in the pictures that are coming up so. <laughs> anyway all right we better uh shut this one yeah, down it's getting, it's ridiculous. getting ridiculous but that's cool that's what makes us us um all right so yeah thanks for listening uh catch us on facebook and uh stitcher itunes all that good stuff uh, we appreciate it, and uh, happy gardening. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. <laughs>